want to recap quickly. Been in a series about being in awe of God. It started two weeks ago about talking about what do you, what do each of us know about God? Because that impacts how we respond in different situations, especially how we respond in difficult situations. Truly believing that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, God is our shield. He is our glory. And as Psalm 3 said, the lifter of our head. Then last week, we talked about what does God know about you? Staying in Psalm 1. We started looking in Psalm 139. It seemed like an obvious comment to know, say that God knows everything. But we dove into it that God knows our very thoughts, our very words, even before they are formed. And that can give us a sense, it should give us a sense of stability and calmness. So, so far, I've looked at what we know about God and what God knows. Today, I want to focus not just on what we know, but on what we see. Everyone here in this building has had an eye exam. I know that because many of you wear glasses, but even if you don't, all of you drive. So if you've gone to get your license renewed or the first time you got it, you had to take an eye exam. So most people know the various process that you go through, that basically they're testing the quality of your physical vision. Well, today we want to look at the quality of our spiritual vision. Because most people are ruled by what they see. I've always found it funny when we're in certain situations. If you're in behind a glass door and you know it's solid and you know it's strong, yet someone throws something at the door, instinctively people jump. You know it's not coming through. So the knowledge that we have in our head is that there's nothing that can get through that door. Yet, when it hits the door, we jump. Because most people are ruled by what they see, not what they know. Spiritually, it's not always easy to look around us and see God. We see a lot of nonsense. We see a lot of chaos. Also, we are flawed. Our minds, our flesh, our heart, our sight, are influenced by a base sinful nature. And this extends to our capacity to be able to reason. Romans 1, verse 21, Paul is talking about the various things he sees, not only in Roman culture back then, but in the church. And he says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And Paul is talking not to the Roman people. He's talking to the Roman church. Because he begins by saying, though they knew God, they had a knowledge of him. They claimed to have an understanding of him. And yet what they saw around them overruled what they knew. And while our sight can be impacted by what we know, I've noticed that most Christians, even most people, but most Christians, we're still ruled by what we see. 
I've also noticed it kind of makes me sad and it's kind of silly that once a Christian begins to learn a, a bit about Scripture and becomes confident in what thus saith the Lord, that should provide a sense of comfort and a sense of peace. Sadly, in many people, it provides a sense of arrogance. We forget that we are not God. Hopefully that was not a profound statement for anybody. We are not God. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 read, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, my, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is why it's so important that we learn to tune every aspect of who we are. Yes, we want to know him, but we want to be able to see him everywhere. Everywhere we go, every situation we're in, we want to be able to see God. We get into trouble when we get this thinking in our mind that somehow I'm far from God. Somehow I don't see him. He's not here. That's why it's good sometimes for many people, and I enjoy this as well, especially when the weather is a whole lot warmer, to be able to go out and see God in nature. I don't go out and see God in nature right now. It's too cold. Psalm 19, verse number 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the skies, or it could be in Hebrew, the earth, proclaim the work of his hands. We can see God in his creation, and that can be a blessing to us. And that sight can influence and impact what we know and what we think. But we not only want to see God in nature, we want to see the God of nature. We want to see and remember his titles. We want to be able to go into scriptures and understand that he is many things to us and promises to be many things to us. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is our banner. He is our shield. He is our peace. All of these promises are ones we can hold on to. We can also see him in his various attributes or the various roles he plays in our lives. God is our shepherd which means he will take care of us. God is our provider, which means we can look to him when we can't see provision any other place. He is our guide. There are many voices that would love to guide each one of us today, but the only guide I want is the God who created me and created everything. He is our savior. So our goal today is to see him, see him more clearly and understand, especially when it becomes so easy to look around and see so much nonsense, so much chaos, and so many lies put forth as truth. So now, finally, Psalm 139, and I'll begin reading in verse number 7. Where can I go from your spirit, and where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine 
like the day, and the darkness is as light to you. In this series, there will be a few messages from Psalm 139 because of the, the, the wealth it provides. This psalm overall celebrates God's omniscience, that he is everywhere. Simply, it celebrates, and this might sound like a strange thing because of the heightened image it gets in our culture today. But God is being celebrated in this psalm for invading our privacy. We hear a lot about that today. I want my privacy. I don't want anyone to know what's going on. You know that doesn't include God, right? That he is the one that will be with us. So this celebrates the fact that you can't get away from God, no matter how hard you try. To me, this is one of the most powerful aspects of our relationship with the Lord. Abraham Lincoln gave a farewell speech from a road car, a railroad car, as he was leaving his home state of Illinois, heading for Washington, D.C., to be inaugurated president. He declared in a speech from the back of that train for all to hear, without the assistance of that divine being, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, I cannot fail. Trusting in him, who can go with me, remain with me, and be everywhere for good, let us confidently hope that all will be well. Could use a few more politicians to embrace that, huh? We understand the sad state that our nation is in spiritually. We understand that the only hope is Jesus Christ. And we understand that it's, the, it's a real hope because he is everywhere in every situation, in every, in every negative circumstance, in every bad news report, Jesus is there. God is always with me. I need to say that again. God is always with me. It's not depending upon how much I feel it. God is always with me. Nothing can separate me from him. I want to say that one again too. Nothing can separate me from his presence. David asked two very rhetorical questions in verse number seven. Where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? And the answer is nowhere. You can't go anywhere and flee from his presence. Yet David doesn't just provide information and facts about God in this psalm. He also tells us how it makes him feel. How does it make you feel that God is everywhere? Now, many people can look at that and say, well, if God is everywhere, why did this happen? And why did that happen? And they can look back at their past and say, if God was there, why did that go wrong? And why did this happen? It should bring us comfort, though, to know that God is and will be everywhere. It should provide us a sense of peace. And when in those situations where we're not sure why things happen, we can be reminded that we are not God and we do not see from beginning to end. We see in a moment. It provides us a sense of peace. It can also provide us a sense of security. Nothing can separate me from God's presence. Nothing whatsoever can separate me from God's presence. 
And I want to highlight three different areas, three different ways in these verses we read in Psalm 139 that God cannot be separated from you and me. And the first one is one that we often feel a sense of separation. Death cannot separate me from God. Verse number 8 says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths and the impression there, since the opposite is heavens, it's hell. Even there you are. Now to be clear, when someone dies, they will see God. That is a fact. When someone dies, they will see God. The difference is in what you see him as. There's a story I heard recently of a man who was out on a boat and his boat overturned and he began to drown in the lake and someone came up to him, uh, had brought his boat by, saw him there, went in and got him, got him back to shore safely. Some time passed, months, maybe years, and the man had been brought into a courtroom because he had done something uh, very, very wrong. And then they're waiting for the judge to come in, and the judge come in, and it's the man who saved him on that lake that day. And he turns to the judge and to his lawyer and says, okay, this is great, I got this. This man knows me, he saved me once. And the judge turns to him and says, on that day, I was your savior. Today, I am your judge. There's a difference. Everyone will see God, but some, hopefully all of us here today, will see him as savior. Those who don't know Jesus in this life will see him as judge. But there is no place in all the universe, none whatsoever, where his presence is not there. And for those who know him and follow him, this is something that we should celebrate. Everywhere I go, there is God. Every place I find my foot falling, there is the God who hung on a cross and saved me and cleansed my sins away. Death cannot separate me from God. Distance cannot separate me from God. Verses 9 and 10 say, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. There is no place you can go, no place you can sit down and be free from his presence. None. There are no travel plans you can make and put on the label of those plans. I'm going to get away from God for a weekend. Good luck with that. This is, from a Christian perspective, a good thing. That you can not get away from him. Or at least our hearts should see this as a good thing. There is no dimension of reality, no place you can go that can exist without him. Now, our culture would like very much to remove God from many places. They would like to remove God from the schools. They would like to remove God from our government. They would like to remove God from public places. And their efforts are the efforts of fools. Because no matter what they do, God will still be in our schools. God will still be in the White House. God will still be in Congress. God will still be in our public spaces. We can't get distance from God. 
Jesus is everywhere. So my comment to the world, deal with it. He's everywhere. Death cannot separate me from God. Distance cannot separate me from God. Bless you. Darkness cannot separate me from God. This is the one we find tough sometimes. Verses 11 and 12 say, If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. Did you ever have a morning? I know none of you have because you're all perfect. But you just want to turn off all the lights in the house and close the drapes and just forget there's a world outside. I know none of you have been that way. You do realize when you do that that God is still there. There aren't drapes made that can keep him from coming in. Do you ever get up one morning, you look at your alarm clock, you give your alarm clock a piece of your mind, and you pull the covers over your head while still in bed? You realize God is still there, right? You've been able to shut out everything within your line of sight, but that's why we need to see God in all his splendor, because even when we go through those times, God is still there. No matter how far from him our loved ones drift, no matter how far from him their behavior demonstrates that they're not following him. They may not be following him, but God is right there with them. And that's something we can ask God to intervene and pray for them. People may not be walking with God as they should, but God is still close by. He will always be close by the moment they reach out. In their minds and their behaviors, they may be far from him. But he is not far from them. Aren't you glad about that? He is not far from them. God is always there, always watching, always offering his love and his grace. I found this story, it just amused me so. And yet it is how many Christians think. Hear about the little boy who attended a family reunion. There was a basket of apples at the very beginning of the serving line, and someone had written a big sign that said, God is watching, take only one. Really close family, don't you think? At the end of the line was a plate of chocolate chip cookies. The little boy quickly ran and made a sign and put it by the chocolate cookies and said, take as many as you want. God is busy watching the apples. (laughs) Cute story. Completely not true. But we can think that way sometimes, that our problems are, don't want to bother God with them. We can think that he's too busy with the mess that this world is in. We can have this mindset, even unconscious, that I don't want to bother anyone, and we include God in that anyone. That God is somewhere else busy taking care of something or someone else that is much more critical and much more important. We need to understand that God is by your side and he is never too busy to look into your life and to hold you in his arms. 
you believe that some situation is more important or of greater value than ours, there is nothing God is doing that would get in the way of him walking into your heart. God is never too busy to deal with any issue in your life. And this is the one we need to embrace. God is never going to be bothered that you asked for his help or you reached out to him. You cannot go so high. You cannot go so low, no matter what you're going through, where the God is not present. Darkness cannot hide me from him. He is in every classroom, every office, every home, every homeless shelter. Every, he's in the White House. He is in every galaxy that's visible from the Hubble telescope, and he's in every galaxy where the Hubble telescope can't reach. God is everywhere. And this is our spiritual vision test, to understand how that can motivate our daily lives. To truly see God, that he is not like you and me in so many ways. We get tired. Anybody here get tired? He doesn't. We need to learn, because nobody here knows everything. He doesn't need to learn. You and I get delayed in traffic. He doesn't. You and I spread ourselves thin. That's an ouch for me, but he doesn't. You and I get frustrated with people and get so frustrated that we want them to just go far away and be away from everyone. And he never does. He never does. Oh, he gets frustrated with us. There are many things and many choices we make that make him sad and frustrate him. But nothing we ever do will ever have him say, get out of my sight. Because he would be asking us to do something we couldn't do anyway. Where could we go to be out of his sight? Nowhere. But he's always there. Always ready. No matter what situation we've created, always ready to have us crawl back into his loving arms. This is something that becomes more difficult as we grow older. To see ourselves from God's perspective and that as his child. Just crawling up into his arms. Doesn't it just feel awesome when a small child crawls into your arms? There's this love that just bursts out of your heart. Don't you think God feels the same way? And that small child is all of us. Every single one of us. I've heard people, as they get older, say, well, I'm not a child. To God you are. And you always will be. Going back to a verse we read last week, Psalm 139, verse 5. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Aren't you glad God's hand is on your life? Would anyone want God to release us to our own devices? I hope not. If we look around us with spiritual vision, the spiritual vision Jesus wants to give, we'll see that he is always there 
even when we're feeling afraid, even when we're feeling frustrated, even when things aren't going right, Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. He is right there. He's there when you get that bad medical report. He's he's there when you're waiting for the medical report. He's there when your kids call and everything is fine in your family. He's there when you haven't heard from your children for many, many months. God is always there. He doesn't go anywhere. And that gives David a sense of awe. It makes him want to worship because wherever God is, we want to worship him with our voices, with our attitudes, with our lives. It can be tough to see him as we look around our nation today. There was another, last night, another mass shooting in Los Angeles where at the moment they've reported 10 are dead. God was there, crying more than any one of us could ever. God is everywhere. And as we reach out to him and place our lives in his hands and then not take them back, we can find a comfort and a peace and a joy that can help us get through the 11 o'clock news report, that can help us get through all kinds of disappointment, that can help us get through the beating the New York Giants took yesterday. God is everywhere, and that's a good thing. Stand with me, please.